Hello, and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California, it's the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show! to the Dr. Dead Danger Radio Show with their hosts, James and Edward. Are you boys? What's up? I'm Edward. How you doing, everybody? Uh, well, if I'm everybody, hopefully doing just chilling. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I wanted to tell you this on podcast. I think I may have gotten my mom into New Japan. Because, uh, how? Because I that, tol- is a very, that is a very well, strong statement. Because I told her about Kushida. I told her that you well, know, she's watching NXT. Well, I told her, you know, she's in a, he's in NXT now. I told her about him today and I was just like, cause she was watching this movie from like 2000. I don't know. I think it was like 10 or something with like Jennifer Aniston, uh, uh, Jason Bateman and Patrick Wilson, and there was this little kid. I remember in the, that movie. It was yeah. fucking weird. Yeah, it's one about sperm donors or something. Oh, okay. I just remember like fucking. It was Jennifer Anderson and some other di- weird dude that was just like. Well, who? There's, this, there's this little like Gerard Butler or some shit. There was this little. Uh, there's this little kid wearing this like bright orange vest, and every time I see that, I'm like, oh, it's the Marty McFly jacket. And then she said, well, yeah, because Back to the Future is awesome. I said, yeah, Yeah. there was even a wrestler whose whole gimmick was Back to the Future. She was like, what? And then I showed her pictures of Kushida. And I was like, well, he's in NXT now. But yeah, he wrestled for for New Japan, uh, James's favorite wrestling company. And she was like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, You know, know I'd like to see him wrestle sometime. You know what's the irony, dude? I was watching fucking Back to the Future clips pretty hella hard, like, just like a couple days ago. (laughs) Those three movies are so good. Well, it was supposed to just the first movie. No, the first one's good. Yeah, no, that's obviously like the classic classic. Yeah, I love the second. I always love the second one. I like, don't second know if I like it good, more, but you need but to watch. Good. Yeah, second one's good, but you need to watch the first one though oh, yeah. before you get in the second one. But the first one just on its own is just killer. Yeah, because at it's least great. it doesn't come off. It's going to go into a sequel. But fuck, bro, the movie was super badass. Yeah, it's great. I love that movie. And plus, how can you beat that Huey and Lewis in the News song? We gotta get back in time, dude. You can't. Don't need money. Don't take fame. You don't need a credit card to rap. So I fucking <laughs> got attacked by my freaking uh, Wallfire freaking program because it likes to do like stupid maintenance checks every now and then. But you know what? Back to the Future's awesome. You know what else was pretty fucking awesome? I said it was pretty fucking killer. Was this episode of Attack on Titan? That's right, yeah. everyone. We're back today. Same format. We're going to hear to talk about Attack on Titan. Then, album two by Iced Earth. Was it like Night of the Storm Rider? Uh, yes. And then, Daisy of Love, episode five. Five. I was like five, yeah. Yeah, I was like five or six. I can't remember. No, I, I was confused too when I was looking up the episode. I was like, fuck, what episode are we on? But yeah, it's five. Yeah, We're yeah. almost on halfway episode through. Episode five. 
Yes. Or are we basically halfway through? Well, well, I guess we are now because the next episode we start at six, and there's only twelve episodes. Yeah, so. yeah. So episode five of Daisy Love. But before we get into that debauchery, let's talk about Attack on Titan episode nine. Uh, yes. Well, okay. I'm having a hard time today remembering what number episode we were watching. It's the uh, beginning and the end, everybody. There's only two, I believe, more chapters of the manga. And, you know, they only update once a month. The new chapter dropped, like, I don't know, five-ish days ago, maybe a little maybe a little uh, earlier. And then just March, and then it's finishing up in April. Anime should be done around the same time, so... Yeah, it's the end of the sh- it's the end of the uh, world as we know it, and it's the uh, end it's based- of the world as we know it. And bro, if you caught up with the manga, but even if you're just watching the anime, bro, it feels like it's the fucking end of the world in that show because Aaron's just like, fuck it, I'm deleting everything. Oh yeah, but the people are only watching the anime, which is most of you. Yeah. So yeah, how did this episode start off? Okay, so we started off. With this blonde dude talking, and then it triggers a flashback, which is most of the episode. Well, the blonde dude talking is Armin. That's what I said. Didn't I say... Oh, I just said... Oh, you bad. just said blonde dude. I think I meant to write there's in like Armin two, later. There's but... like two blonde dudes, bro. Yeah. That yeah. are kind of important. But yeah, it seems like Armin came back from his freaking genocide freaking uh, trip. Yeah. Now he's t- kind of just talking to a conch shell, but what's next? Uh, dude on boat, this is in the flashback now, dude on boat saying they need to tell Marley what happened, but then Aaron comes underneath the boat, bench presses the boat, and brings it onto the beach. Yeah, so basically we got Marley, we got a Marley friggin' sur- like survey troops kind of hanging out, and it seems like the warrior squad that went in never returned, so they got defeated. And then friggin' oh boom out of nowhere, Aaron pops <laughs> up and carries the boat to shore and stuff, and the captain's not stoked. Which while hand <laughs> just trying to give him a warm welcome. Like it wasn't a funny scene at all, but I was just laughing just because I'm just like Aaron's so fucking strong, you can just pick up that huge ass boat like it's nothing. Well, dude, he's a big fucking humanoid <laughs> thingy. Then I wrote the homie Hanji greets everyone, and they freak everyone out because you know Hanji, they're being all. Hans you know. is just being trying to warm welcome, but she's just yeah. kind of being weird. And like the freaking Marley dudes are like not stoked. It's like, dude, we don't like you guys. Stop it. We don't want to talk with you. Go away. Yeah, exactly. Ah. Did you ever, by the way, did you ever hear the quote unquote truth about uh, Hanji's gender? What is Hanji's gender? Well, according to the creator, because people asked him about Hanji's gender before, because, you know, Hanji looks a little on the androgynous side. So they were like, is Hanji guy or girl? I mean, obviously voiced by a girl, but if we're going just by the manga, it looked like it could go either way. So the author was just like, eh, either or is fine. He told this he told this company he that He just asked, told him. He just told <laughs> Keith. Yeah, this character that I wrote. It's either it's either or or we'll let you have fun because there was this company that asked him for an interview and he told them either or is fine or use he and she equally. So I don't think Hanji's non-binary, but if you notice in the writing, whenever Hanji's around, they actually use gender-neutral dialogue. So neat little tidbit I found. Uh, I've known that for a while, but I forgot about it. Well, Hanji to me is a badass lady. Yes, badass (laughs) smart lady. So yeah, that happens, and then the, the this was funny. The dude threatens to shoot them, but then like Aaron's just chilling in the background. But and then and then there's this other blonde dude. He's like, "Hey, knock that shit off. We'll go with you." And then turns around to look at Aaron, and they're like, "I've longed to meet you, Aaron." 
Captain. Yeah, so basically, freaking the Captain dude's ready to like. He's just like he's trying to. He's tell, he's telling all the freaking scout troopers to like, go drink freaking pig piss and shit. We're not gonna freaking surrender you, dudes. <laughs> yeah. And he's about to like shoot them and stuff, but then he got shot by one of his own troops, yeah. Yolana, and freaking basically Yolana and a couple other peeps on the boat then shoot off most of the other guys basically to seem like they're not Eldians and stuff. And then she turns around and she's all stoked. It's like, I get to finally meet you, Aaron Yeager. Then after the uh, theme song, Hanji and Levy are interrogating these people. And apparently they, they talk about the Marley forces, right? They're talking about how apparently they have about 50 divisions, which gives them about a million troops and three fleets with 21 battleships each. And there's this funny little scene because Levy tells Hanji, you know, he's like, don't he's like, don't freak out. They'll think we're weak. But then the the soldier who's chilling with this, uh, there's this black dude with her and She's like, oh, by the way, no, he's like, oh, BT dubs, we can also, we have technology, we can also attack from the sky now, too. And we're, Hanji, well, we're developing the technology we're developing to fly. Yeah. yeah, and Hanji's like, what the fuck? That no was way, pretty, bro. that was funny. Yeah, they're basically telling him, it's like, well, then why haven't you guys just came here with full force? Well, after we lost, like, the, like... We lost the female Titan and the Colossal Titan. All our enemies realized, oh shit, they lost two of their like big main weapons. Yeah, what's it's all band together and rage war against against Mar, the Marleyan peeps and yeah. stuff. So freaking, then they're like, well, fuck, we're kind of busy, so we haven't really bought. We've only been just doing little stuff to come to the side. That's basically what they say. They're just like they've been too busy warring with these other nations. They don't give a shit about paradise. <laughs> They got bigger issues. Yeah. <laughs> Other peeps got guns. You guys are like cavemen that like zip around. Big they one. really are, actually. Whatever. And But they basically tell me, yeah, so we are the anti-Marleyan volunteers under the command of Zeke Yeager. And it was like, whoa. Yeah, that was funny because she mentions about how... Um, Bro. She mentions about how, you know, they saw Zeke as Beast Titan, right? And then they're just like... And then she's just like, I looked at him and saw God. That is the hope and faith of all Eldian people, bruh. And she has this like euphoric, orgasmic look on her face as she's explaining this. But then, oh, yeah. Oh, hey, I get to survive freaking discrimination or genocide away. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, like you said, anti Marleyan volunteers. So then we, and then so. After some shit, we cut to some old people in a boardroom. Yeah, every like all like the high officials are having a big old meeting and they're stuff. They're I'm paraphrasing, but they're basically like, "Yo, fuck this Zeke guy. He just wants to find the Foundling Titan and like do his own thing, bro. We can't. Yeah. How do you know we can trust this guy? Does he even speak truth, guy? Like, are you sure, guy?" <laughs> and Hanji's like, "Look, man, Zeke has a plan. He has a secret plan, but he just needs the Foundling Titan and a Titan with royal blood." And they're all and all the, everyone in the room's just like. That's bullshit. Fuck that guy. But then Aaron is there. This is still flashback, I believe. Yeah, he goes to the flashback from like the ending of season two. Yeah. When he ran into the smiling lady titan that ate his mom. Yes. And when he like when that like lady titan went to grab him and he like punched her hand, he unlocked the ability to like control other titans and stuff. Just realizing, oh shit, if everyone knows that the smiling titan was his dad's first wife dina fritz who actually has royal blood in her and when he touched someone that had royal blood he was able to unlock the powers of the founding titan to control their titans so these are like true things and aaron understands that a lot to explain it's a little it's a little contrived but it still kind of makes sense 
I don't. Uh, so yeah, basically, yeah. Aaron just re- reiterates that what Zeke is saying is true. That if they yeah. have someone with royal blood, founding titan, titan, all that stuff, they can like rage the freaking rumbling and like destroy the world. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, dude, you mean? Oh god, we're going through all. Oh the, man, <laughs> dude, we're going through all the vibes and emotions uh, right now. Sorry, sorry, audience. Sorry, peeps. this episode's really cool, and Attack on Titan's really rad. I think we're just being boring. All right, <laughs> what are peeps learning about the? Basically, yeah, after they friggin' like Aaron like elaborates on like Zeke's plan of like stuff he speaks is truth. Peeps are now like friggin' with the Marleyan prisoners are like learning about the world outside and stuff. And they're like using their cap, the freaking captures to like help build a dock and stuff. Yeah. And then freaking like we get a moment of Sasha's like hanging out learning. Oh my god! Engineering. She sees a she sees the black dude and basically she's just sitting there and is like, why is your skin different from ours and stuff? <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing: it's like she's from like a way primitive society where yeah. she's never seen anyone like that. So I just thought that be that scene became a meme for this last week. That was the first Bruh. day I saw this episode because you know what it's like. You, you've never, dude. You, meme <clears throat> queen still lives, dude. You you didn't see this when it happened, but when Dra- this reminded me of when Dragon Ball Super was airing the English dub on Toonami. They're, okay, do you remember when Goku goes back to Trunks' time and then the human people want to shoot him because they think he's Goku Black? Yeah, I remember that. In the dub. In the dub, motherfucking Trunks says to the army, word for word, don't shoot. This man is not black. (laughs) It's still funny. Like, that would, like... Well, okay, it's so not yeah, as after bad. Sasha like it's real, so good. Whatever, I never got the black dude's name, but basically he just I, he just goes on a, he just goes on a rant where basically for what it started with an O. Oh yeah, no, he has a weird name. Yeah, I just didn't catch it, but friggin' for the most part, he goes on a rant that like I that like you know what the creator God Almighty himself. He made he has made different people people all over the world and stuff. Yeah, they're of all different colors and everything. The person is like whatever. He goes on that rant. Then next freaking Sasha's hang. Then we got the peeps of like Sasha, Sasha, Connie, and John are hanging out. This one dude, this one chef dude at the dock while he's making food and stuff. And he like made like a fat seafood platter plate and stuff. Are these guys just from California? Because most of them are blonde. They clearly have Western features and they make bomb ass seafood. Are you sure? To, are you sure <laughs> you're like talking about freaking Nazi Germany guy? <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Whatever. So freaking <laughs> yeah, no. And then like Sasha like chomps into the freaking lobster and then she just like really like freaking brings out this massive roar of enjoyment. Oh my god. She's she, never had cooked lobster before. So she's yeah. just gushing with stokeness. She's the crying. Yeah, and the chef starts getting a crush on her. He's like, oh my God. This like ch- this lady's like crushing my food and like you know what i'm gonna start crushing on her bruh yeah dude like you guys don't understand she's like full-on goku at king kai's house like she's just grabbing the shit and just chomping 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 it's a shame because i'm not a big fan of lobster i'm more of a crab person and then yeah then we get a shot of like aaron mikasa and armin are all hanging out trying to talk like discuss and like what the like what they think about like zeke's plan and stuff while yeah. aaron's like practicing shooting the rifle at cans 
as they're philosophizing and stuff. Yeah, Armin's like, you know, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, things are kind of chill. We've almost built the docks. Things are, things are going good. Uh, Saw, uh, not so. Uh, Aaron's a little more world weary because he's like, bro, the world just totally sees us as, mo- as monsters. Then he asks Armin if he's seen beat. Bertolt's memories. I almost I wrote Beatles memories for some reason. Armin's like nah, but then but then Aaron mentions how Zeke apparently only has like three years to live or something still. And then yeah, he's doing target practice shit, blah blah blah. And then this is funny. He there's a shot where he goes to shoot something. He pulls the trigger, but then the perspective shifts to the gun that killed Sasha from Gabby. See, I actually like how this is set up because. Because then afterwards, he says something to the effect of uh, wondering if they made the right choice. And I like and I, and I like that because it's telling you, yes, Gabby pulled the trigger, but it was Aaron that truly killed Sasha. Just some of that nice little cinematic storytelling. I like that. Yeah. Freaking, yeah. Aaron's like shooting cans, philosophy, chef. Yeah. Now we got like, we have Mikasa hanging out at like Sasha's like grave and freaking yeah. chef boy Niccolo shows up, gets beat to shit by this one dude because he's Marlene. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, oh, how the tides have turned, whatever. But he pops up <laughs> to Sasha's freaking Sasha's grave, freaking, and is all sad and stuff, leaves a flower and everything. Connie and John also show up too. And so does, and then Sasha's parents appear and stuff. And basically, he like goes up to them. And is like, oh hey, she was like my like one of my like she was like my favorite customer and stuff. And it's like, you know what? Hey, come by my spot. I'll make you guys a meal anytime on the house. Yeah, that was really touching. Um, I was actually I, I forgot if they did in the manga or not. I was I was actually kind of glad that they showed Sasha's parents. You know, just some of that little world building. You know, it's like I don't know, it's just just something that I just like that. And then, yeah, after freaking with the parents in the grave, we get a shot of Zeke and Levy all hanging out in this freaking, like, carriage as they're yeah. basically just throwing nothing but murder shade at each other. Yeah, it's great because... I get what? it, guys. <laughs> Either kiss or fight. Either kiss or stab each other. Come on, guys. Bro, it's literally that type of shit. Like, Levy... I'm paraphrasing. Actually, I'm not paraphrasing that much at all. Levy's literally saying Zeke to his face, I can't wait to carve you up. I can't wait to kill you, dude. <laughs> it's just it's like, gonna be a golden day when I freaking slice your head off. Oh man. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then what happens after that? And oh, then yeah. we have like a standoff with Yolanda and yeah. like Yolanda and the peeps and that one older bald dude mm-hmm. and stuff. Well, after like they gave like they gave the bald dude all this freaking like all this freaking Titan like serum juice and stuff that turns like Eldians into like pure Titans and everything but like all like the freaking like ex Marleyan freaking like Eldian troops are being like hold up, held off at gunpoint and it's like hey we like helped you guys and stuff yeah but we're still a little unsure about you guys so yeah and then we also freaking Levy he takes Zeke to a forest like alright here's your hotel cell thing it should be more fitting for you, Beast Boy. <laughs> oh my God, that was great. He just brings him to like this abandoned ass uh, shack out in the woods, and then and Zeke's just like, "What the fuck, man?" Oh my God, I love Zeke and Levy's uh, hate boner for each Dude, other. Dude, the hate boner. And then Armin's just like talking about all his worries in the world and stuff to Annie, and then we just get to see a shot while Aaron and being all incarcerated, just being sketch ready to burn the world. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, the guy's name is Onion Capone. Yeah, I know. I like saw that too. But yeah, the fuck I'm gonna remember that. Onya Kapan. Onya Kapan. It sounds. It, sound, it sounds like some like weird like uh, dish or or like food bowl. But yeah, that was the other episode of Attack on Titan. Um, uh, 
Oh, and then we also forgot to mention, um, did you mention Armin? In what sense? Well, Armin was chilling, talking to someone. Yeah, I was so I told you he was okay. talking to Annie. Okay, my bad. In her I, like I crystal, ca- in her little crystal ca- cocoon. I was talking busy- about all his worries and shit. I was too busy trying to find out Onya Capon's name. I'm just gonna call him. I'm just gonna call him. That, I forgot that you were so busy that I said like important plot device that Armin's just sitting there being like all worrisome to like someone in comatose while we just get a shot of Aaron just looking sketch in his fucking prison cell. Yeah, bro. OTP. Not Aaron in the prison cell. Uh, Armin and Annie. No. But yeah, I was too busy looking up Oaky Boy. Oaky Boy. <laughs> Hopefully that's what we'll call him from now on. All right. And obviously what I've been doing, I always give a quick report on the recent WandaVision episode. Oh yeah, that's right. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Okay, okay. This was the Halloween episode. Yo, before we go, basically, since, like, now, like, they're freaking parroting, like, 90s sitcom, they did, like, the same exact opening of that, what was the fucking one show that had, that freaking, um, Heisenberg was the dad in? Oh, Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, they did a Malcolm in the Middle, like, freaking rip-off opening and stuff, too. And you know what? I'll actually say this episode's kind of fucking cool. Because, one, it was a Halloween episode, and it was kind of funny, because freaking... Wanda and Vision, they both dressed up like their 90s comic book in like 90s comic book costumes of their own characters and stuff. It was pretty funny. And then freaking, yeah, no, Vision then goes off and he's kind of just like surveying the town and realizing stuff's kind of sketchy and everything. It's pretty kind of cool because freaking eventually like it just kind of just ends up because like I guess freaking Quicksilver is starting to question Wanda and what she's doing and stuff. And Vision like works himself to the barrier, and he's like walking out of the bar, walking out of friggin' the hexagon barrier and stuff. But it ends up Wanda expanding the barrier even more and taking away all the friggin' like I'm just gonna say survey peeps that want to figure out what the fuck's going on. I'd say it was an hour. I say it's been a pretty it was a pretty fun exciting episode. Can't okay. wait for the next one. Yeah, I was gonna ask how did uh just going by off all the magazine covers, how did WandaVision subvert your expectations and change the game? Change the game! I'm telling you, everyone's calling WandaVision a real game changer. Fuck, are they, dude, bro? I'm, I'm, I'm hearing about this show, and I'm checking it out on TV shows, so I'm just like, bro, this just, sound, this just sounds like a lot of people never played Metal Gear Solid 2. Like, I've seen plots like this. That, like, this plot feels pretty, like, it's, you know... Well, From what I understand, thing, it, it you know, first sub- came, it first came off sloppy, but uh-huh. it's starting to get a pretty good groove because you're trying to like it does make you want to know what the fuck's gonna happen next and stuff. I don't know. It feels it feels like this weird like it feels like this weird amalgamation of like like good natured parody and postmodernism just like from what i can get by it sounds like a fine show yeah it's a fine show it's like but it didn't really get fun and exciting until it got back into like the real world of what like what's kind of going on and stuff mm-hmm. like that being the silly parody and stuff was just kind of whatevs i feel like in grand i still haven't watched the show i feel like they should have kept up the suspense of it being a simulation longer because everything mm. marvel does is going to get renewed for at least one more season they should have had that be for most of this season and then just like and just like like how dope that would have been at the very end they're just like oh by the way it's a simulation gotta wait six months for season two y'all oh yeah no <laughs> this is all just a fake simulation and everything but no i mean bro we could t- it's we most could likely t- gonna end into leading into what's next for phase four I mean, the mcu be, universe i mean to be fair 
they kind of gave it away that it was like that because you can tell from all the promotional images to the fucking name. Like you get it, the name of the show, WandaVision. Oh, it's Scarlet. It's because it stars Scarlet, Scarlet Witch and Vision. But like with a name like that and with powers like hers, it's like I feel like they kind of gave it away. But I don't know. It's uh, it sounds like a fine show. Yeah, no. And I totally had that freaking bruv moment when I realized the fucking the person that plays like Scarlet Witch's character is like. A sister to the Olsen twins. What? Yeah, bro. I fucking real. Yeah, I know. She's literally a sister to Mary freaking to the Olsen twins. And I totally was like, just tripped. Is she the, f- the third one? Uh, well, weren't they fucking twins? And she's just like an offshoot normal sister that isn't a twin or something? I know they had another sister like that. I didn't know that was Scarlet Damn Witch. Yeah, I think I like found that found out about that because I was looking up Evan Peters and shit too. Because yeah, he's playing Quicksilver and everything. The thing I don't like is freaking like... I thought this was a Quicksilver from a possible another universe, but it seems like they're trying to play off as the same Quicksilver with a different face, but... Well, you said he'd been recasted, and that's a thing people do in TVs or, like, in soap operas because they air every week. If someone can't make it that week or that day of filming and stuff, what they do is they'll have a narrator actually say, and tonight, the part of, I don't know, um, the part of Jason from General Hospital it will be played tonight by Maxwell Adams or well, something like that. Whatever. So the recast of M. Peters playing, like, freaking Quicksilver and stuff. And by the way, I yeah. think that's my mystery. It's like, all right, are we got, like, a freaking the X-Men freaking Quicksilver? Silver, or is this the Quicksilver of like this fucking like universe? That's what that's what's keeping me pretty engaged. Also, yes, you what's were the right. Mystery up with that. Sorry, I was like burping. <laughs> no, you're fine. Also, yes, you were right. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen, sisters to Mary Kate and Ashley. That's so fucking funny for so many reasons. But the two I can think of most. That's is, so better because I, like, <laughs> hey, let's have a fucking silly family sitcom and stuff. And most likely, she's just like doing what her sister has done it's, forever. It's just really funny to me because like. I remember, because obviously, you know, we all know the Kate sisters from Full House, but they were like, when Full House ended in 95, they were everywhere for like six, seven years. And comedians comedians used to joke about how uh, 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 people used to make jokes about the fact that, you know, um, what do you call it? Um, They had a third sister, but she never mattered. But it's funny because even without Marvel, she's had like a way more badass film career, but also she's a key player in Marvel. So now the script's kind of flipped. The Olsen twins don't matter. And and she's got super publicity. Good for her. Yeah, it's pretty fucking chilling and stuff. So I guess now it's time to go to the freaking interlude part of her podcast. Our quick album report. Of Night of the Storm Rider by Ice Earth. Because why? Freaking the main man John Schaefer decided to like raid the Capitol with the, like all the other like Trump thumpers and stuff <laughs> and like bear mace cops. So, oh, really quick, you might hear- as well listen to Ice Earth now. By the way, really quick, did you hear about Trump getting charged for those riots? I guess he's getting charged for another again. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, he got acquitted for that. They <laughs> just said today he got acquitted for inciting those riots for like a it was like a 50, it was either a, like a 50. It's like a 57 to 41 or 43 vote. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, that was just for that. I don't know how the rest of that impeachment thing's going. But yes, the album. Okay. How would you say how this one was? Well, I wrote down my thoughts here. Pretty concise. Um, I'll be honest. It sounds... It already sounds... Like I could tell from the first song, it just sounded better. Yeah. The album... 
Um, according to TV tropes, this is Eister's most progressive sounding album as far as like song arrangement goes. Really? I have a feeling the third one would be since they have like the fucking actual three part prog epic to end of that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dante's Inferno, apparently. Yeah. But freaking, I will say for sure, coming off from the first one, it was like, all right, whatever. This is kind of getting like, all right, they're getting a little bit more mature and refined yeah. in what they're doing and stuff. Because, like, that, yeah. But obviously, <clears throat> triplets for days and some fun <laughs> and like fun riffs and stuff. It literally, I thought, like, yeah, it's better than the first one, but it isn't like no game changer the in the world. Is, the vocalist is a little better here, too. I did some Yeah, re- <laughs> I can agree on that one. Fuck. It was not the best <laughs> on the first album. I did some research about that first guy because I was curious. Apparently, because they're from Florida's thrash metal scene, right? So the original guy had more of a thrash background with his vocals, but as Schaefer started to get more and more progressive and stuff, his voice just didn't fit. That's why he was axed for this record. And apparently, um, and they also had like limited time and stuff for when they were recording so he didn't have time to refinement. I'm about to say like yeah this was kind of a quick turnaround from like they did like eight songs for the first record that was dropped in like 1990 but mm-hmm. this is like 91 so they had to like yeah. turn around pretty quick. And the thing is apparently did you hear about a couple years ago uh, Purgatory got to get, uh, formed. It was this band made of mostly ex-Ice Earth members including him. Apparently, people that have listened to that have said that, hey, apparently he's actually like a good singer and he just needed you know, more time to develop as a singer, probably. And people are like, oh, yeah, the guy that sang on Purgatory 2018 could definitely sing like Storm Rider stuff. So apparently he's actually a pretty good singer. I don't know. Maybe I'll listen to that EP sometime. But. Maybe if you have the energy, but I don't have the energy for that. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, I could just like tell you my overrun. I felt this was a way smoother album than compared to the like yes. first one. Like, is it their best record? Who knows? We're going on that journey, but it was like fun. But uh, there was a point around the end I got kind of fucking bored and was ready for That's it. That's what end. I was gonna say. The album like flowed way better than the first one. Like it starts pretty good. It starts fun and good, but there it just mm-hmm. drops off near the end. And I dude, don't know I if, felt the exact same way. And I like travel and stingier when that song came on because I <laughs> remember it was like all right. I remember that was the last song, and I just sat there and I'd be like, oh, fuck God, thank God, it's the la- finally, I'm on the last song. Get this over with. Which is not a good thing. But yeah, the album really showcases like elements that people like know and love for this band. You know, different arrangements, time changes, yes, the triplets. The thrash elements, I have to say, don't... Triplets for days! The thrash elements on this album don't sound nearly as forced as the first one. Like, I listened to that first album, right, and it felt like John was sitting there, he was writing a song, like a mid-pacer or a really pretty one, and then it was like he was like, oh shit, that's right, we're a thrash metal band. You know, he just started throwing in the triplets. Um, but the album, like I said, cohesive, blends better. This actually feels like an act, they actually sound like a power metal band here, like Iron Maiden influenced power I'm a, metal. I'm a feeling we're listening to Ace Dirt as they go from like a thrash band to more of a power metal band. Which like, is good. We're watching that transition die. They're not, they're, not a great, they're not a great thrash metal oh, band. Oh fuck, no, they're kind of like. <laughs> What else thrash? But yeah, is it riff soup sometimes? Still, Uh, yes. Hey, you like your fucking chunky (laughs) riff soup? (laughs) But it's more focus and flows. Um, And but yeah, like you said, like the first. Oh, and also apparently, song two has Schaefer singing on it. But the actual Stormer song. But yeah, I was gonna say um. Yeah, I felt the exact same way that after the first four songs were like really good, but then I don't know, song five hit and like the the second half of this album just just kind of hit like a slump. It picked up near the end, but like you said, the last song, Traveling Stignian, out. Yeah, I, I was ready I'll, I'll for admit, this to be over. I'll admit, I don't think that song needed to be nine and a half minutes. 
Oh God, that was a nine and a half fucking minute song. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, it like, was. Like I listened uh, to this while I'm working, so I'm a little like freaking like. Uh, sorry. <laughs> trying to make sure like freaking. Uh, trying to make sure a little fucking sparkle dazzle right there. But yeah, I'm just like working and stuff, listening to it. So that's how I listen to it. Like I'm doing something else while like listening to this, and I'm just like hearing this. Like I know it's the last song. Thank God it's over. But when I realized it was nine minutes, I just like went just Jesus fucking fucking Christ. Can it just be done? Yes, nine minutes, thirty two seconds. Fuck. <laughs> but yeah, um, I can actually say the last one. You know, the last one when we finished listening to it and we talked about it. At the end, I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. This album, I'm like, you know what? I like this record. Mostly. Yeah, it's not bad. It's pretty cool. Mostly. First half's cool, but and then it kind of drops, but it's all right. We could say the first record was like a B to B minus. We could say this is B plus. Yeah, I'd say that. I'd say that. All right. Let me just get a timestamp down for freaking Daisy Love. Unless there's anything else you want to elaborate on this. On the record? No, not really. I was just doing some fun little research on it and uh, on the band and... <laughs> I was just rem- I was just reading about how apparently Schaefer pissed off a lot of fans during the Tim Ripper era because um, when Matt, as you know, the viewers don't know this, but as, um, some of them don't. But as you know, Matt, I, uh, the next singer on the next album, Matt Barlow, left the band because 9-11 happened and he was inspired to become a cop. And even though John Schaefer is super bleed red, white and blue, you know, blue collar commando, he was p- really butthurt at that. So he was pissed at dude, him. You're my singer, dude. What the <laughs> fuck? Why are you leaving? God, dude, so, what are you doing? So when Ripper Owens came into the band, he was hyping him up like, oh, man. Man, this guy's so good. Dude, he sang for dude, oh, dude, he sang for Judas Priest. Does your did your singer sing for Judas Priest? No. And just John Schaefer was just pissing people off because that's when he got really into his politics. And apparently, in a couple of interviews, he literally said something to the effect of every band member in this band except me is disposable and replaceable. So people are just like, man, fuck this guy. But then you know, Barlow came back and. You know, something wicked this way comes. Parts one and two were really good, apparently. So, yeah, no. So, freaking, that was all cool stuff. All right. So, let me just get my timestamps down so it's easier for me to look back. All right. I guess. Are you ready? Yep. Let's talk about episode five of Daisy of Love. Sorry, let me finish this. Daisy of Love. Daisy of Love. Of Daisy of Love. Also called Bring in the Boys, Bring in the Skunk. So to recap last episode... What <laughs> that's the t- title? That sucks. <laughs> they named it that? No, that's the title <laughs> of this episode. I'm sorry, keep going. So, to recap last episode, we got band challenges and stuff. Yes. And basically, how do I describe last episode for the most part? A clusterfuck? I wouldn't say it's a clusterfuck. It was basically London just mostly not being stoked. Yeah. And in the end, when Daisy wanted to give him a pass to state, London decided to like... Deny the past That's and he left. That's a good way to describe it. Pretty Boy was a sad boy. Pretty Boy was a sad boy. Now then, time to sing the theme song, Edward. <sighs> you think you got the best of me? Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. The most important part. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me not. You think you got the best of me? Check this, you'll never get to me. He loves me. He loves me not. You think you got the best of me? You think you got the best of me? Something, I actually forgot the third line. You check this, you'll never get to me. 
Cool. Daisy of Love, everybody. Daisy of Love, everyone. Brought Shit. to you by VH1, a company who I, uh, a TV station who I legitimately thought was awesome and amazing until I started watching the Brett Michaels Cinematic Universe. And then you hated yourself. And I'm just like, man, fuck these guys. <laughs> yo, for realsies, yo, fuck these guys. So Daisy wakes up in the morning. And she's just very sad, Daisy. Very sad about London. He, he said, he broke my heart. He, and then she called him an asshole. Yeah, he called him an asshole. She... Oh, my... You were calling Daisy a he. I'm sorry, Daisy, for misgendering you. I apologize. I'll make an apology statement on my official Twitter and Tumblr. No, but yeah, so she wakes up. She's broken heart. She's like, London last night broke my heart. Asshole. And I'm like... Asshole. And I went, really? 20 seconds into this episode, you're already... Pissing me off, Daisy. Bro, you super duper ignored him last episode and gave him weird signals. Hello? Yeah, Daisy, what the fuck? So then freaking we got and a lot of dudes aren't fucking stoked because freaking with like when London left out and Daisy going off in a sad like tornado rage, freaking all the other dudes felt like, man, dude, we've been working pretty hard, but it seems like this London thing, it's like she's really digging London, so it kind of like makes us question where we stand on the show and stuff. Yeah, Cage is basically just like, man, this whole thing makes us feel like our connections don't mean shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, dude, it just makes our connections. And then freaking like he's all sitting and talking and Chi Chi's trying to nap and Chi Chi's telling him, like, dude, can you like please be quiet, dog? And then Cage is sitting there like, dude, don't piss me off right now. I'm not in the mood, dude. This is a bad time to pick a fight with me. This is a bad time to pick a fight. And he's like, dude, I'm not trying to pick a fight, dude. I'm trying to tell you it's like dude you like talk so loud in the morning and stuff when i'm trying to sleep and stuff and then freaking cage rolls up to fucking chi chi and, and just starts freaking shaking the bunk bed and stuff going i am not in the mood the fucking do this is not the time to fucking do this with me guy it's kind of funny because and then chi chi then tells him like dude you need to take a volume it's kind of funny because he shakes it and dude he like it's probably a, it's a cheaply made rickety bunk bed but like bro he successfully shakes the entire thing a lot but sinister is sitting on the edge of the bottom bunk and he's just like looking up at him unimpressed unmoving and i'm just like wow wait or in a solid state of fear where you yeah. must keep a stoic face <laughs> so and then um chi chi's a bit of a thug though because they do this thing where, uh, you know, Cage is in his face and stuff. And then for whatever reason, Cage just asking him, can I have my bandana back? Can I have no, my that was Chi-Chi. He's like, hey, can that's I have my I, bandana that's back? What I said, that's what I meant, sorry. So Chi-Chi's like, hey, man, can I have my bandana back? And then Cage's like, what? And then he's like wearing a hat. Cage knocks his hat off, right? But then Chi-Chi, he pauses, turns and grabs the hat, puts it back on, maintains eye contact, and he goes... Can I have my bandana back? I'm like, yo, that's kind of badass. He wasn't intimidated. Dude, Chi-Chi don't give a fuck. And then he just says, like, dude, Cage needs a Valium. Next is, uh, and then after Cage leaves, good guy Big Rig is in the kitchen. Oh, Big Rig. Saying, I haven't won a date with Daisy yet, so I got her some coffee and some Fig Newtons. Because I know she said Fig Newtons is one of her favorite cookies. <laughs> I love this guy. Daisy's stoked about it, too. She says, Big Rig actually makes me feel like that someone cares about me besides Ricky. You know, Rackman. Big Rig says, oh, and Big Rig's so fucking smooth. He's like, oh, rough day, huh? She says, yeah. But he says, but it can also be a good morning as he's pouring her coffee. Be a good morning. <laughs> being near the cookies and stuff. I'm just like, man, I, I love this guy. Yeah, no, and Daisy just basically, she's getting stoked. And stuff. So yeah, Daisy liked freaking Big Rig's good morning, like friendly surprise. Yeah, and then she gets up and gets ready, and then he leaves. He's pretty stoked. 
Everyone goes into the living room, and now we it's, got our challenge. It's time for the Rackman to say, what is today's challenge? Okay, so check it. It's a photo shoot challenge. Specifically, they're going to shoot Daisy for the cover of, her, of hot her hot new single. And what's the name of that single? <sighs> Pretty Messed Up. Yeah, and then we also got Cage in his fucking Ugh. talking statement. It's like, dude, I fight for a living, so I'm not feeling confident about this challenge. It's like, was that necessarily <laughs> to say? I think they just needed I to kill I fight for a living. I can't freaking, like, point a camera or something or think of creative things. Cool, dude. I think everyone has a shred of creativity. I think everyone can point and click a fucking camera, Cage. So, yeah, so for freaking... And then 12-pack, and he has a fun talking head. It's oh, like, yeah. dude, a photo shoot. See, I'm the. There's no problem for me. I'm the model, <laughs> and like you guys can't see my face, or you should have seen what Twelve Pack's face is. Cause oh, he, this is great. I'm getting because so, so what gets that before is because uh, Ricky's like we're looking for creativity, inspiration, and should reflect the song. You're all gonna get a CD and lyrics to help create the picture, um, and, and then because the idea is there's gonna be two teams, um, two teams of four. And, and uh, you know, shooting wardrobe, but one person gets to be in the photo with Daisy. That's when Tolpak says, uh, says that. And then after he says, of course, I got to be the model. He of like I got to be the model. He, like, does a smolder. You remember Flynn from Tangled? He, like, he doesn't do a full duck place. He just goes, like. Like, it's a total fucking smolder, I swear. Yeah, he just has the goofiest fucking smolder. So we got the first team, which, honestly, I didn't get the order how Daisy put him. It was, uh, But the t first team is 12-pack, Cage, Chi-Chi, and Big Red. What's yeah. the second team, my guy? Six-Gage, Sinister, Fox, and Flex. The three judges are going to be Daisy Rackman and this woman named Bree Crystal Clark, who they say has shot pictures for Ozzy, ACDC, and Radiohead, starring Tom York. I oh, fuck, I remember that. Because I remember the first time I watching, it's like, yeah, no. She just took pictures of Ozzy. What was the Ozzy? Ozzy, ACDC, and he, then he goes And then soft rock, soft indie band Radiohead. <laughs> That's no. so random. It's like, you went from like high-level extremes to very-level lows. Yeah, you went from fucking Ozzy. To to you know fucking Aussie to you know, being done destruct to I'm a creep <laughs> yeah and then fucking Radiohead hates that fucking song too yeah they hate that song oh my god fucking Tom York but yeah so that's so sinister the show tried to clown on Sinister because Sinister's like, oh yeah, I got this. I've done album covers with my oh, band, yeah. she so pulled, I know no, he told He pulled a total Lacey where it's like, yeah, no, I got this. Not I, I, as un insufferable though. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I got this. I took freaking band pitch pics before But then stuff. the editors try to like clown on him and they like Photoshop his face onto like this blank blue CD cover and like Photoshop him and shoot and, they, and then the voice in the background goes, Sinister. I'm like, Sinister. I'm like, no, guys, really, he's actually in a band that or at this time he was still in dope who got some decent airplay with at least three songs on the radio hey yo side off thing i'm sorry dog but huh. fucking i try to check out dope like actually give them serious and they kind of fucking suck oh shut up dope's cool dude and all their, their bass goes boom dude, what all, you gonna do bro dude other fucking top songs were just covers no two of them no, dude, there's so many fucking covers. Uh, okay, there's like three, bro. No, there, there, there's, there's right round. There's, uh, <laughs> there's bro, they uh, covered fuck the police. Oh, dude, that was the cringiest one. I quit after that. A one. motherfucker got it bad because I'm loud. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that they don't have bad songs, but listen, man, I've listened to at least three of Dope's albums. I'm telling you, they got some cool music. 
Uh, they they opened up for Static X too when I saw them last year. They're fun. They're <laughs> fun. All right, so yeah, they're fun. All right, continuing on. Uh, so um. Yeah, so Team 1 chooses 12-pack to be the model. Team 2, Fox wants to, but it ends up being Flex. Nothing like Flex goes like, hey, let the pretty guy, hey, let the prettier guy freaking take get take pictures taken of. And then like, okay, so either I didn't hear or this wasn't conveyed to me because apparently they had an hour or something to, or I forget how long they had, but they had time, a certain amount of time. I think they had an hour to kind of prep and yeah. take shots. Yeah, this hour ago, they show this hour go by in like two minutes because the thing is nothing like really happened except for a few things. They read off Daisy's cringy lyrics. Yeah, well, one prepping, they're like trying to come up with themes and stuff. Like freaking one team's reading like Daisy's cringy lyrics and then realize, oh, start like freaking like... <clears throat> Oh god, what was it like? Starlight, whatever, something like that. And it's like you know, like old Hollywood. Yeah, let's do like a Marilyn Monroe silver thing. screen. I think they said so, she said the silver, silver screen. screen. Yeah, on the silver screen. So yeah, basically, hey, let's do like a Marilyn Monroe, like old old Hollywood kind of thing. So they went to a friggin' like bar and stuff and like set up there. Well, the other team, it's like they, it's like friggin', we got sisters. Like, oh yeah. We, Let's find like the most eighties looking spot in the house. Yeah, yeah. It was just make like a big, beautiful disaster and hoo ha. I just wrote down like that's. I'm just kind of going off memory. I just wrote down my notes so the dudes are coming up with their roles and figuring out their sets. Now they have an hour to, to collect shots and basically prep Daisy. So Chi-Chi's team goes first, and I guess Chi-Chi is like the freaking um, art director. So Daisy is being dressed up like Marilyn Monroe. And the sh- and basically they shoot, and it's mostly like, how do I put the shoot? They're all hanging out at the bar. They got some pretty good shots, but literally it's mostly like 12-pack is just making out with Daisy Hardcore. Oh, my God, yeah. And all the other dudes are just not stoked. It's like, dude, every time we turn our head, <laughs> he's just like has his tongue down Daisy's mouth. It's There's one point funny. where like Big Rig just rage quits. It's like, dude, I'm not taking any more pictures of this. I took it on the chin for a little bit, but I was like, fuck that. Fuck he didn't that. say that I'm word for pi- word, but- I'm pissed off. Whatever. Then Chi Chi picks c- up the camera and then starts shooting again. While Cage is just kind of creepily in the background, just being angry. I couldn't like. I couldn't even get mad at Twelve Pack though because he didn't say this at all. But it's like he was thinking to himself, "Fuck this photo shoot. I'm going to use it as a chance to make out with Daisy." And he's just, he's just, he's got his big old like strong ass American jaw, and he's just like making out with her. She's huddling on stuff. I'm just like, bro, how do you not? How do you hate Twelve Pack? He's got such charisma. Dude, Twelve Pack knows how it's done. So now it's the next team, and basically Fox does his job, and he's styling up Daisy's hair while flirting with her and stuff too. Yeah, because that Brie Crystal lady brought in like some of her homies that are like actual like light riggers and like uh, you know makeup dudes. Oh, dude, Fox- I swear all the fucking makeup was like manic panic. I'm like, did they just fucking raid a hot topic? store or some shit? That's what, what the, the shit looked like. For yeah. reals, homie. Fox, For fucking reals. Fox tells the professional hairstylist to fuck off because... Yeah, he's like, dude, I could cut circles around this guy. Get out. I got this. I'm like, okay, sure. Sinister says their idea is going for punk rock beautiful disaster. I'm like, that sounds pretty pop punk, bro. It sounds kind of like not punk rock, but whatever. So, but what is punk is, rock? That could be in its own hour-long conversation. Yeah. 
Continuing yes, on. Flex is the one who is in the pose. And Daisy, Daisy says straight up that she likes, I don't think this should have factored into the decision of which album cover won, but she said she likes shooting with them more because the vibe's there. Everyone's a little more lively and They're stuff. They're all having fun compared to the Marilyn Monroe shoot. And which, bro, did you see Flex during some of those pictures? Like he's getting into it. Like he's looking mean. He's looking mean. Well, yeah, we got the boys from the first team, and they're all being mad at 12-pack. And 12-pack's in, and is like, dude, it doesn't matter. I already got myself, if we win or not, I got myself already a date with, I already got myself a date with Daisy. See what I mean? 12-pack knows how to play the game. And all the other guys are just going, fuck you, 12-pack. Fox, at one point, gets on six gauges nerves, because I think he was tipsy or something. He had, like, a glass in his hand. But there's a point where he's standing as six gauges trying to shoot. There's a point where he's standing behind him going, like, yeah, yeah, man. Shoot it. Yeah, take the picture. Yeah, yeah. dude. Like Come Fox on, is trying. Fox is like getting into it. And he's trying to micromanage and stuff. But they're all of a sudden it's like, dude, you're not the art director. You're some fucking geek. He keeps this trying to like, like go and fix. He literally goes from in the span of like ten seconds. He's like, from yo, can we just like yo, Flex? I need to fix your hair. Or Daisy, let me fix your hair. And then he's like, you know, actually, can I get on this one? And then he takes off his like fucking shirt. Everyone else is looking at this guy like he's Buzz Killington, but. <laughs> but fucking Daisy's all stoked on it. He like forces himself into the picture, and everyone like, else is like, "Fuck this guy!" And then like Sinister is like, "Sinister's like, all right, let's take a picture." And Fox, don't look into the camera. And Fox keeps looking into the Just camera. Just keeps looking into the like, camera. Fox, don't look, don't look into the goddamn camera. <laughs> and then now they um, now's the uh, the the judge time. Now it's time for the chopping block. The chopping block, yeah. <sighs> so they show. Um, the first two, the, the teams as pictures. General thoughts on on the ones that they chose are Ricky Rackman actually straight up says he thinks that the first, with the one with 12 pack is great. So and the first one, the Marilyn Monroe The Marilyn Monroe one. Yeah. He think, actually thinks it looks great. I think everyone thought it was pretty killer. Well, yeah, actually, did you look Even at it? Even the other team was like, fuck, dude, that's a really good shot. It right actually there. had like pretty good lighting and like colors and stuff. I liked it. Um, but it was funny. Everyone keeps saying, oh, yeah, I love the Marilyn Monroe gimmick. Love the Marilyn Monroe. F- motherfucking Fox at one point blurts out, who's Marilyn Monroe? And then I wrote down, <laughs> like, because everyone, like, you'll read in the freaking comments. Sorry, like, my notes, like, jumped up and stuff. Uh, it was just really funny because there was, like, a like a silence and then everyone's just face It's like, you never heard of fucking Marilyn Monroe? Yeah, no, so basically, yeah. And I wrote that, and he like he says that, and all the dudes like, dude, how much of a fucking idiot Fox is? And I wrote down, it's like, hey, Fox isn't the most educated, you guys, like not knowing <laughs> Marilyn Monroe, yeah, but knowing through research that I've caught, he he would, say, I'm like, I could tell you, I would say, st- I would not say he's too stupid, but like, I would, I wouldn't say he's stupid because he's a, he owns a very successful high bougie fucking hair salon in most likely Beverly Hills or something. Oh shit, really? Yeah. He's a pretty, like, successful dude, so I can't say he's an idiot. I could say he's not the most educated on fucking knowing, like, old Hollywood stars. But do you really need to know for fucking have a successful hair salon and be a pretty boy? (laughs) I guess you don't. So, yeah, you know, he might come off as a total idiot, but he's a successful, like, idiot. I'll just say he's just not educated. Yeah. Team team 2 shows their picture next, and I'm going to be honest, they, um... The one they chose, like, I don't know. I thought it was just kind of weak. The colors are more... I don't know how to... I don't know the actual, like, terminology, but... I mean, I didn't really like the colors, but they're, you know... It's kind of loud. They're loud, and then the picture had it's attitude, loud, I guess. It's bright. Yeah. It's got attitude. Because Daisy's like, this picture just screams Daisy. 
Uh, yeah, I know. So freaking, I just, yeah, so it's like the Team 2 picture. Daisy likes it, and Fox is sitting there saying stupid shit about it and whatnot. And they're all, all the other dudes are like cringing. It's like, dude, you didn't do anything. Quit fucking talking. And the pro lady there thinks the Maryland one's better. But all the decision comes down to Daisy, and Daisy just choose the crummy one because it's just, it's like, you know what? It screams Daisy. It screams like, pop. Punk, pop, punk, rock. Oh, this stuff is like. Shut I'm like, up. does it? <laughs> I think the Marilyn Row one, ironically, and sounds more pop punk because that was the idea at the time. Bands like, <clears throat> bands like uh, Panic at the Disco and uh, and Fall Out Boy at times, what they would do is they would like take either imagery or they would sample bits from like old rock songs from like the 50s and 60s and like take some of that imagery and they would incorporate it into their music video. Like it's not rockabilly, like like say like how Volbeat or Social Distortion does it, but it's a similar vibe. So technically, the Marilyn Monroe one would have been more pop punk at the time, or at least it was the better one of the two, or at least it fucking looked better. But whatever. This show is based the other around- one was just like it's on Daisy's choice, and she liked the other one just a wee bit more. Everyone is pissed, and, and especially because what she says next is she chooses Fox as the VIP and wants a solo date with him later that night up in her room. Everyone, especially Cage, everyone's like, "What the." Fuck, yeah, Daisy. Dude. What a fucking ripoff, bro. Fucking Daisy. <laughs> All right. Let's fucking check this out. Oh, my God. Is this the fucking song? Yep. Oh, yeah, that's synth. Oh, let's hear this. So, this is supposed to be pop, punk, and rock. rock. So yeah, we just see Flex's fucking like gut just flex popping out and stuff, God. and then we see like Daisy holding us like some Gibson bass, and we got a bunch of bras and panties like hanging around in the back of the friggin' like wall. A tragic kiss. A tragic kiss. This one dude, this hits below my expectations. <laughs> I like that guy. God, it just hey. so, it just sounds like discount uh, birthday massacre. It's pretty bad. Not gonna lie. If you, if like it's really bad. If people like this music but want it to sound good, I uh, that's one band I've always hyped up for years. Just go check out Birthday Massacre, and there's probably a million other bands that sound like this that are way better that I don't know about. Um, maybe bother me after the show okay. about that. I'm gonna forget because dude, I'm on priorities of freaking like doing this shit. What is this? So handy, so handy. Dude, there's like no soul, no passion, no belting it out. Well, you know what it is? She's hoping that her voice sounds sexy to be able to carry the tune. <laughs> no, that's what it is. That's the idea behind songs like this. Oh, here's that rock, my guy. Yeah. Hear that fucking guitar. <sighs> feel that. Don't you feel that? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I, she's I, stepping it down. Oh yeah, I love generic. So I love generic standard tuning guitars. Uh. 
Yo, I'm tr I don't want to like mess around, but it's like, dude, could you find the fucking lyrics to this song? I'm so curious. Yeah, I'm actually trying to look it up. Check. Oh, there we go. I'm actually trying to look it up. Lyrics. So yeah, that was the song, my peeps. Pretty bad. <laughs> they, it, the lyrics have to be here somewhere. All right. So yeah, basically, as you said, Fox got the VIP. So now we get a freaking yeah, be yeah, because she said Fox made me feel awesome. I'm like, he like kiss your ass is what you mean. Like did. a lot of the dudes did a bunch of work, but Fox, like, while during the fucking um. While during the... I'm sounding like fucking Fox right now because I'm trying to, like, adjust something. Yeah. Fox during... All right, now I'm done because I had to freaking get some cables unplugged since I'm not hooking up to the ox. <coughs> Fox, while he was messing up... Well, messing up. Doing Daisy's hair was actually, like, talking to her and they were being fun and flirty. So he was pretty intentive and, like, freaking engaging with Daisy for the most part. And now I'm doodling on my notes. God fucking damn it. No, I'm a fuck. <laughs> Dude, I'm pretty messed up. You got me. I'm pretty messed up. I still can't find the lyrics. Like, I'm like looking for them. Are you, well, you have you tried fucking the YouTube? See, it's on like yes. one of the songs. All I, found was an, all I found was another upload, and in the description, the the person said, I'm a fan of Daisy. I like Daisy, but I'm not a fan of this song. What do you think? I'm no. not a fan either, friend. Whatever. With Fox, like, dolling himself up for his date with Daisy, we got a shot at Cajun Sinister outside. And basically, Cajun Sinister is like, dude, I can't be handling it like this. Dude, just like that, like, us losing today just feels like another London thing. I'm ready to just freaking blow up. And Sinister is telling him, I was like, dude. It's like, dude, just come on. You don't need to be like this. Don't worry. Just, like, rebound tomorrow and stuff. You got this. Anything you want to add on that? You still hunting down lyrics. I was still trying to look, but yeah, no, that's basically what happens. Him and Sinister have like a pretty engaging heart to heart. And um, yeah, man, because because Flex is straight up like, man, I'm only ever cared about two other women in my life. And it's just that's Cage. That's Cage. That's what I said. I meant Cage. He was you talking to Sinister. Flex. God damn it. But yeah, and he he's just like, full, what's the word? He's not regressing, but man, he is feeling past emotions, and it is it is really fucking with him. Yeah, he's not feeling too hot, whatever. So uh, while you're continuing to find lyrics to Daisy's song, so Fox shows up to the date, and how do I put this, listeners? Oh, God. Daisy looks like she's about to shoot a porno. Yes, because she, sh he sh she shows up in this gown, and there's like this like... Big extravagant like bed curtain and tent and stuff. It's all white. She's wearing a white dress. She says, and I quote, <coughs> sorry. She says, and I quote, Fox today made me feel like a goddess. So today, tonight, tonight, <laughs> today, tonight. So, so, so wow, dude, so did that tonight. song just make you regress and fucking like brain activity? Yeah, bro. I went from having a high school education to having a fucking middle school education. But yeah, so she said, yeah, she does say that though. She says, he made me feel like a goddess today. So I want to make him feel like a god. 
a Greek god. So she makes him put on this like black toga and even puts on yep. one of those old Roman crowns of like the leaves and stuff. I actually thought for a second she gave him a Roman one. So I Googled a Greek crown and then I Googled a Roman crown and I'm like, fuck, they're exactly the same. But then I'm like, eh, Roman's appropriated from Greece all the time. We're just going to just do whatever the fucking show says. I wasn't yeah. going to research that. I just well, don't. I was, I, just cur- saw I was just curious because I was just like, how funny would it be? She said Greek god, but gave him the Roman crown. Whatever, I just know fucking, as I said, Daisy just came in looking like she's about to shoot a porno. And basically, first thing when on the date is like, freaking Foss is like, oh, what are we going to do on this date? And Daisy tells him, take off your clothes. And he goes, sassy. And I'm like, (laughs) dude, are they about to fucking shoot a porno dog? Damn. But no, it's a costume dinner with sexy Greek clothes. And Fox says just a lot of random stuff, but he's just kind of freaking like, Marble jarble. And then and Daisy just kind of just gets awkward, but then there's a moment she just wants to just suck face with them. It's like, all right, I don't want him to talk anymore. Let's yeah, just she suck. pulls up Brett Michaels. Because, pretty boy, just suck face with me. Yeah, she pulls up Brett Michaels because she's like, hmm, you know, I feel like there's something missing, but I love his lips. Like, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what she says. She's like, I feel like there's something missing, but then she, ta- then she kisses him. And she's like, he needs to do less of this and more of, I forget what she says, but you know, mm-hmm. less talking, more kissing. more Less talking, more kissy. So after they, Fox runs into the rest of the bros of that house, still wearing the friggin' toga. And basically, he's just flexing on his date and they're just goofing around. Daisy so, to- then, then runs into a not-too-stoked cage. Yes. And she he's he's like he's got his hoodie up he's just playing pool with sinister i think and she's like hi cage me all right he's like yeah yeah are you sure yeah is something wrong yeah i'm all right are you sure okay Uh uh-huh yeah just like that and then cage is like i'm not gonna let myself get hurt just like she doesn't want to yeah there's a wall up it's like yeah yeah sure are you sure Are are you okay I sure? Uh, why not? Come on. And then Daisy's <laughs> like, I know Cage isn't happy with me right now, but I don't know what to do about it. I don't know what I did to make him mad. It was a funny bit earlier because 12-Pack, t- about the Fox coming out being a geek thing, He 12-Pack literally says, bro, I'm not worried about Fox at all. He's an idiot who's going to screw himself out of this competition. That's right, bro. So then we get a shot at 12-Pack as he does a double gainer into the fucking pool, and all oh the dudes God. are all just chilling out at the jacuzzi. This is like my favorite scene in the entire show. So, like, yeah, they're just chilling being bros because, you know, that summer camp vibe you always joke about? Yeah, 12-packs, like, yeah, we were getting a little drunk, so we were chilling in the jacuzzi in our tidy whities and then a fucking skunk dun, 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 dun. sneaks into the fucking house, and then they go in to investigate. Half of them are drunkenly pretending to be the crocodile, hunter. Like, literally, there's a skunk, and all the dudes in their underwear are going like, dude, there's a fucking skunk! Ah! Oh my god, dude! Oh! Oh my god, what do we do? Oh, mate, all right, we got to do is go and try to get your skunk out of here. You don't put your finger in its butthole. Don't put your finger in its butthole. And then, bros, this skunk sprays so hard. And <laughs> basically, Troll Pack was able to like corner the skunk with a chair and he dumps a freaking trash can on top of the skunk to like to encase it. But like, supposedly, the skunk at the last second was able to spray Troll Pack in the face. Oh my god, he fucking <laughs> and he's like, I- serious, like, dude, I thought skunks like sprayed out like a mist or something, it just straight up just pissed in my face, yeah. 
and he's like, oh, he's screaming, he's running, he's frantically. He's like, oh my god, I got, he's got my face. Ah, he's, aggr- oh. he's aggressively washing himself. Big Rig's about to puke. Fox comes over. Damn and man, I, I gotta know. smell that skunk, and I was ready to hurl. That's that odor whooped everyone's ass. <laughs> and then fucking, and then Fox comes over. And I don't know if this is alcohol or what, but he pours a. Giant old bottle of something. It's tomato juice. Tomato juice all over. Because I think it neutralizes the freaking stench and it helps get it off <coughs> so, uh, well, your body. Well, twelve pack thought so because he grabbed that shit. He was pouring it all over. He him. was just dumping like, it all over. Oh, uh, he's getting all his hair and body and fucking. And then yeah, we just got a domino effect of vomit happens because they're all smelling the skunk steak and they're just going. Ugh! And I was like, dude, when Big Rig puked, I puked and just like freaking. <laughs> Yeah, just a domino they effect of show, vomit. They even show, like, actual, like, they actually show, like, the cameraman in the background on, like, security cameras catching the shit happen. It, oh, shit. Dude, quick, quick, ah! No, it's fine. See, we're good. Yeah, okay. So, sorry, you just been kicking at, like, that was, like, the third time during this recording, so. All right. Whatever. Eventually, freaking, like, when, the, like, Big Rigger is able to come up and, like, get the skunk in, like, the the skunk in the trash can he was able to get take it back outside and get it back in the wild and stuff so it's the next morning and the winners from the freaking challenge now go to a date they go head to skate lab where sinister foolishly thinks oh skate lab this must be like rollerblading right ha 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 <laughs> no we're talking like actual skateboarding yeah dude they went to a skate park because daisy says you know what i like to i can daisy says like i used to skateboard when i was i younger. love skateboarding I'm just like, fuck, how old are you? Uh, I'm just sitting at this time, like, Jesus fuck, Jesus Christ. I feel like you're, like, supposed to be older, but you keep showing me that you're really, really young. And, like, you being the fucking, like, I've, like, when I used to skate way more, I used to see freaking goofy chicks like you just kind of creeping around the skate park. Just, like, hanging out there for whatever god-odd reason. So I presume that's Daisy. Yes. So, but here's the thing about this day. All the other dudes don't know how to skate, and neither does Daisy. She kind of just butt rides a board down the ramp, and she was able to pop up and stuff. Really quick. I- I'm like, what is this date? Seriously, this is like... <laughs> it's Here's the thing. Surfing, at least you can fuck around in the water and like look like dorks. Skateboarding, yes. looking like a dork is like, ugh. You're just a bunch of kooks right now. Oh, by the way, uh, Daisy is... When did this show come out? 2009. Okay, Daisy was... 26. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. Bruh. She was born in uh, 83. Huh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it kind of throws, throws a wrench in some theories, huh? It just kind of just throws a wrench. Re- I don't know. I'm just going to write down like, Jesus Christ, dude. Just freaking... The state was kind of a disaster for the dudes because, like, literally none of them was able to skate. Sinister wants to show, like, Sinister says this song, he's like, I want to show that could be dangerous, but, dude, I can't ride a skateboard, and when I'm on that, I'm terrified. And I'm like, damn, bruh, seriously, if I was there, wow, like, I'm not the freaking, like, I'm not, like, a super skater, but I'd be making all of them look like geeks. Not the skater dudes that are actually skating there, because like freaking, we got a dude able to kickflip down like a six stair yeah. or something. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I can't do that or stuff. But freaking, I can, I can most likely just like just freaking like flow around in a bowl and stuff and do my foot plants. But 
I can't skateboard at all, so these guys were all better than me by default. <laughs> yes, whatever. And then basically, six gauge. Oh, he's the one that's like, dude, I'm not skating. I'm too old to skate. Come on, I'm 29. So I'm not gonna skateboard. Yeah, he's like, he. I don't know. He. I don't remember if he said this specifically, but he said something to the effect of, you know, I'm um, I'm too old to be like, you know, messing around with. I don't, he didn't say kids stuff, but yeah, he was just looking down on skateboarding. He's like, I'm not, I'm too old to be messing around with like kids stuff and stuff. It's like, homeboy, oh you just can't skate. Yeah. Just say you can't skate. That's fine. So Flex tries to drop in on a good size ramp and stuff and freaking, yeah, no, since like dropping in, like it is like can be a challenge itself because it's weird. You got to like stomp your like front foot down or something. It's like the first is best way to describe it. But yeah, no, he kind of freaking rolls down and just eats like mad shit. But good thing it's wood. So wood's pretty like spongy. It's not the worst thing to freaking eat shit on. It's really not. And then, yeah, no, and then freaking, you can just see Six Gauge after, like, freaking flexing and Shay's like, you know what, nope, I'm not gonna do this, I'm done. So at lunch is where I got distracted seeing all these pizzas being stacked up on top of each other. What the weird shit? Oh, oh sorry, I had to adjust myself. Okay. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they're yeah chilling at lunch, and I'm not going to lie. Some of that grub looked all right. <laughs> yeah, but the weird thing is, like, you got pizzas stacked up on each other. And these aren't, like, pizzas in boxes stacked up. Pizzas out of the box all stacked on each other. It's like, dude, what the fuck? That's so weird. I don't know. Maybe they thought... Who the fuck <laughs> does that? Maybe they thought it was a nice shot. VH1, so are like... you disgusting me, bro? Because it's working. Listen, someone on staff that day thought that that would be it's some good. a fucking good- idiot has it fr- and run to ruin some cheap fu- ruined pizza. Who knows? This could be some cheap ass fucking Domino's shit. Who knows? This could just be some oven shit they just brought in because fucking VH1's a bunch of cheap jackasses. Listen, VH, someone at VH1 that day thought that that would be some great cinematography, so they Spins went for sta- it. That's not a good, great cinematography. That disgusts me. <laughs> No, don't do that. Uh, so six gauges the odd man out this time at the day, obviously. So Daisy wants to go talk to him one on one. I didn't get much for this because it didn't last long. But there basically, wasn't much. what happens she is like, is, well, the, what the best way to describe is that she feels like it's like six gauge has just been a little like distant, and like she wants to know if like he's like in, it's like still is into her and whatnot. And when he's like talked to her, he starts just going around. Like, yeah, no, man, I'm a I'm a bartender, and I got to do this. I just like make money and everything. Yeah, he feels like the other guys are immature, and he mentions how he's a businessman. I'm a businessman. I do all these like other ventures and stuff, trying to make some money and everything. But it's like Daisy's like, I just want to know if you're still into me. I don't care how you make if you're making money or anything, dog. I'm gonna try to look up his businesses real quick. If you can find that. All right, I guess I'm now soloing for the rest of it. So whatever. After <laughs> the date, they're in the limo going back to the house. And since Flex couldn't... And since Flex was... Well, let me rephrase this. Flex was talking about, like, yeah, no, I've seen the six gauge and stuff. And, like, he's, like, saying that. I was like, oh, my God, what? And then six gauge sitting there. It's like, Daisy's like, you know what? I'm kind of curious to see it. And freaking, like, six gauge like, you know what? I'll show it. It's like... Homeboy can't skateboard, but he's willing to whip out his dick to freaking like, <laughs> to like freaking um, redeem himself. Whatever. We don't see his penis, so we're just gonna say supposedly he shows his penis to Daisy, and Daisy just goes like, yeah, he totally showed her his penis, guys. Yeah, like we didn't see the penis, but I don't know if I want to be seeing a penis though. I was not ready to see the six gauge. Like, and I don't think Daisy was ready to see the six gauge. Maybe Flex was able to see it, was already ready to see the six gauge. He said he already seen the six gauge, so yeah. 
Yeah, I um, I'm glad I didn't. I don't know what a six gauge looks like, and I am never gonna well, Google that. Well, a six gauge Prince Albert. Yes, I am never gonna see that. Yep. Yeah. So back at the house, Cage is just getting fucking shit faced and stuff, and he's just going around it's howling not... like fucking Tarzan and shit. Oh yeah, and it, this isn't like regular. This is like drinking away depression. Drinking, which like I've seen in person, yeah. and it's not pretty. He even says that too, and it's like, oh fuck. And this dude, oh shit, he here we some, go again. Oh shit, here we go again. But yeah, he does some whack shit. Like, okay, you, you guys remember how I mentioned that Fox wore a crown? That he, weird like gold leaf crown thingy. He went and got that crown, and then he like threw it in the fire. Because like he, a lot of the bros were just hanging out at a little fire pit. Yeah, exactly. And so he he gets the fucking crown and he's like holding it and screaming. I don't know if he suffered burns. I have to imagine he did. No, and he then, like picks up a thing and he like freaking accidentally touches the hot part and he like drops it and it freaking lands on Flex's hand and it burns yeah. Flex's hand. It burns the skin right off. I'm like, ouch. I had that happen to me before once when I was younger. It was a firework. It singed off half my thumb. Oh my God, that shit hurt. Like, you wouldn't believe for, so, like, a long time. Would you say you were stoked? No. Well, neither was Flex. No, I was feeling like Flex, honestly. And Flex was not stoked, and then freaking Cage just like, you know, no, no, I'll give you a free, I'll give you a free shot, man. You yeah. have my cassette. Come on, punch me. Punch hit, me. Hit me or you're not, hit me. He said, he either said, it's like, if you're, you're a you, real man, hit me, or if you don't hit me, you're not a real man. Hit One me. Of, and then, like, Flex is like, no, I'm out of here. I'm not gonna deal with this. And it just like keeps like making the cage. It keeps making cage wear butt hurt and stuff. So they're all kind of now hanging out in the living room or something. And then Cage starts talking shit to Six Gauge, saying like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna be eliminated. You're gonna be eliminated, guy." And then like Six Gauge is like, "Oh yeah, you want to like keep talking shit, dude? I like with you being a drunken mess." And then literally freaking Cage comes up. He's like, he's ready to straight up start a fight. He goes up to Six Gauge and try to shove him across the room and stuff. And all the people, all the bros, jump in to like break it up. And then you just see Flex come up behind him and like catch him in a sleeper and stuff to try to subdue him. And like they get like freaking. And, like laying on the couch and stuff and he's sitting there flex is just yelling i was like he's not an old fire he's a punk bitch and like cage and it's like talking says like dude that's so not cool man he came up right behind me while i'm all drunk and stuff like get me that it's like Ugh. it's like dude he caught me and like no he just caught me off it's like it's like dude cage is all levels of butt hurt when he got caught the sleeper i know and like he didn't even <laughs> Dude, they didn't seem like Flex was like freaking choking him out, like making him pass out. He was just holding him yeah, and stuff to make sure he didn't try to fight. Yeah, just talking shit and stuff, and also most likely getting like aggro because dude, he burned his fucking hand. Yeah, yo, There's fuck, a dude. <laughs> if I'm throwing a choke on a guy, I'm going to. And in case it was like, oh, dude, freaking, freaking cheap shot me. He's like, dude, if you're still at consciousness, you could have just gr grab and freaking yanked his fingers around and released the hold and stuff. Come on, Cage, you you're disappointing me, Mister Cage Fighter. Yeah, exactly. Which is a shame because that's twice now that Cage has had to job out because he got buried by 12-pack in their arm wrestling, and now he looks like a little bitch against fucking Flex. Yeah, and freaking, like, all the bros take Flex away as the producers are holding back Cage. So now Daisy is coming down from her room, getting, like, all her dressed-up prep for freaking elimination, and the words coming out of Daisy... 
Cage. <laughs> so Daisy appears, and she got word of her tussle with Cage and Flex and stuff. And like Cage is just sitting there with all levels of rage, and Cage just like and he can't like he's just like so mad and drunk and mad and stuff that he can't really talk. And he's just like sitting there having a massive depressive episode, but he is also having nothing but tunnel vision of him. He just wants to murder Flex, dude. He did not have like how Flex embarrassed him. And he just goes on and how, like, dude's like, fuck, man, dude, you don't understand, dude. I've been trained to fight at the age of five. I take out people for a living. It's the best thing I do. It's like the, it's like what, it's like one of the best things to do. It's like the only thing I know. And he's like, dude, it's just taken out. But no, the breath, like, Daisy's sitting there and it's like, yeah, but I don't care about that. It's like, can you, like, are you going to, like, prove to me that you can't sit here and try to start a fight? Oh, this is the best line, though. It's like, so, you know, I'll tell you a lot. I'll tell you what, let us just demic ourselves and just no cameras, go to the bottom of the hill and see who walks back and that's who stays. And, da- and then like freaking Daisy says, like, this is called Daisy Love, not Daisy a Kill. All right, wh- what's your research up to? What do you got going on over there? <laughs> I found Six Gauge on fucking Instagram. Oh. He's a country musician now. Uh, well, he did, well, in the music challenge, he, they did say that he was in a freaking, he did music and stuff. Yes, but there, he also posted a video on his Instagram of this. Just look at this. Look at the Trump 2020 hat. Dude, that fucking beard, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a fucking sniper rifle and oh my God. Now, I'll be honest. Fuck, he, dog. He does have a wife who's very beautiful and they have a cute little girl. So, you know, life turned out good for him. Dude, he's got a big old fucking beard. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he I'm does. I'm very distracted by his beard and his fucking like, <laughs> his freaking like, his like freaking eye bags and stuff. And, wow. I, and I don't know what this means, but he's good enough to be on highcountrysound.com. I don't know country, and I'm not going to bother to look into it. That's fair. All right, so as I'm soloing on this show, no, I'm back. On. I'm back. I'm back. Are you I'm back. sure? Yes, I'm back. So after when Cage, after when Cage said the freaking line, so I'll tell you what. Let us demic ourselves and go to the bottom of the hill <laughs> with no cameras and see who walks back, and that's the guy who who gets to stay. I also said Daisy love, not Daisy kill. Daisy tells him like she wants him here. But if he can't be here, and if all he wants to do is fight, she can't allow him to be here. And Cage just becomes a crying mess. And then Cage realizes that, you know what, I have to go home. It's like, dude, all I want to do right now is murder Flex for embarrassing me. And Daisy's a crying mess trying to escort Cage out of the house. All right. Yeah, they have like a really teary goodbye. I'm not going to lie. It genuinely pulled at my heartstrings. I haven't watched a lot of reality shows. But I've seen in total like five or six. I'm gonna be honest. I think this Cage guy's gotta be one of the sad. Even if we're going by the idea that it's all fake, this Cage guy, man, he's what gotta be one of the saddest characters I've ever seen in a fucking reality show. Cause yeah, it's like you said. He's like, you know what? I gotta go. And yeah, he she walks her out. He'll out. You know, she's crying. You know, and he's trying to look strong and stuff. And but then he just he they, he doesn't even pack. He just gets in the limo and just Whoa, goes. How can he pack? He's about to rain. Who knows? He could try to jump over. And no, try yeah, to no, punch no, no. Out, of course, of course. Try to fucking punch out. He flex. literally said, "Let's demic ourselves and go to the bottom of the hill." Yeah, he's ready for that, dude. <laughs> he's. I I can't say for sure if he's killed someone, but I think he's, he I think he thinks or knows he has it in him. He, that's what he's saying. 
So, yeah, um, then all the other dudes are just chilling at the elimination, and then Daisy comes in, tells them what happens, and leaves, and then Rackman's like, well, uh, you guys can go. No one's getting eliminated tonight. And Flex is stoked. He's like, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, yeah, fuck that uh, that cage guy. I was stoked. Yeah, fuck that cage. I don't know. What, oh, no, just fucking peeps. Sorry. So Distraction. turning off the lights. Yeah, I know. It's like, we got to fucking walk in and out and stuff. Whatever. Yeah. So, basically, Flex all stoked. That freaking that cage isn't going to murder him tonight. I mean, I'd be pretty stoked, too, if I knew no one was going to kill me. Yeah. And then in the credits, we got a shot of, like, a bunch of broken glass on the ground, and then we see Flex and 12-Pack picking up Fox and using him as a broom. Oh, my God. That was fucking hilarious. So, fucking Cage. Like, I know, like, he comes off with this, like, really sad story. And both this episode, I just wanted to, like, just, like, have this, like, thing of challenging him and stuff. It's like, I don't know. And you say you're, like, the super badass. But I look up, I looked up his, like, MMA record. And, like, he had his freaking, like, couple, like, his, like, his, like, freaking professional record is three to five. Three wins, five losses. And one draw. Oh, shit. And, like, never, like, never made it, like, super far. Like, with a guy. Guys, like, dude, this is the best thing I do. No one's better than me. And it's like, bruh. Let me tell you something. Like, you might not know, and like, the show doesn't do it because, like, one, I'm sure, like, because Cage was there. You know, Big Rig, he was on the Ultimate Fighter before just, the show. I was just gonna say he has a better record than Cage. Yeah, he's seven and eight. And what was it like? MMA or did he actually fight in UFC? Uh, according to this, like, was, that's like the highest level. Like, fuck. Even, like, low-level dudes in the UFC is still pretty much better than whatever random barn burner that freaking, like, Cage was in. Like, I'm sure Cage is a really sad story, but, like, at the same time, he's, like, making big claims. And when someone... Sometimes I feel like when someone makes big claims and I hit this, like, wall of, like, kind of BS, I just want to challenge that and just really see what he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, check this out on the Big Riggs Wikipedia page. After the IFL dissolved, Riggs was invited to be part of Season 7 of The Ultimate Fighter. Riggs was paired against... Wait, that's right. This is the mm -hmm. fucking... Six seasons, dude. That's what fucking Rampage was the coach. Yeah, Riggs. Was and he just fucking disintegrated that fucking door. Like, <laughs> he just straight up fucking roared rage. Just I, ripped it off the hinges. I remember that. That was so great. Oh. But yeah, Riggs was uh, was paired against Dan Kramer in a preliminary match. Riggs lost, but he earned the respect of Dana White and Quentin Jackson. And then, uh, and, and then, uh, you know, did other stuff here and there and... Um, yeah. In 2015, but did he ever fight in the UFC, or was I'm it just, a, or was it Ultimate Fighter? But like, he has a way more longer MMA career than freaking Cage. It was, and he kept on fighting. Cage stopped in 2011. There has been no word of whatever. Now. He retired from MMA, but in 2015, he well. He came out of retirement for Bellator, actually, in 2012. Oh, well, that's 2012, though. Yeah, and then in 2015, he walked away from good to pursue a career in bull riding. Oh, fuck, which he's a bull rider now. Which apparently he still does to this day. He's still kind of young, too. He's only 38. Fuck. Right, he's only 38 now, so he he's only a year older than Daisy. Yeah, so fuck, well, I'm sure when Big Rick came on, and he was like more of like a legit cage fighter, but like we got the dude with the face tattoos, like... Yeah, oh no. I don't think he's got any other gimmick. What else do you do, Big Rig? Well, I, I know how to drive a semi-truck. Well, you know what you want to be, Big Rig? Sure, I can go with that. It's funny, because in 2007, it says... Uh um, in 2007, he sold his trucking company, and, that, and then he moved to San Jose to train with Frank Shamrock. Fuck, dude. Like... 
No, like, no offense to Cage, but that's so far way more MMA prestige than fucking Cage. God, it fucking is. I feel so bad for Cage because I, like, I assuming feel so it's bad, real. but he, like, talks like the most game. And I'm just like, bro, I just want to challenge that. And you're just like, dude, Big Rig is way more sicker than you. He trained as fucking Frank Shamrock, bro. <laughs> that's fucking old school MMA right there. Yeah, dude. I mean, sure, you could say, oh, he still, he still lost eight and won seven. Bro, some people never win any. And, yeah, it's still a losing record, but it's just by one. But here's the thing. I think maybe Big Rick had high le- way more high-level guys he was facing. Bro, he was on the Ultimate Fighter, dude. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like he, for the most part, pretty much fought pretty tough guys consistently. Yeah, well, Big Rick hasn't been eliminated from the show yet that I know of. That Well, on Daisy Love, so, but we're already reviewing his fucking like, career. But it's already <laughs> like... Sorry, Cage saying he's the ultimate cage fighter, but little Big Rig is like way more the fucking badass over here and stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to see I'm trying to see if he fought uh well, he lost to John Salter and Dom O'Grady, but and all the other people he's beaten lost to, he never uh um none of them have Wikipedia page. But so I no mean, one like super notable or something. Unless you know Eric Slockham, James Sharp, Mike Flanken, Mendon McKeon, George Ole, Olier, or Jesse Beal. Or Craig A guy named Craig. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've heard of Beal and maybe some other names, but I don't. Here's the thing, peeps. I'm not like the biggest fucking MMA guy, or at least like, like not these modern MMA guys where it's just like, oh yeah, I do fucking UFC just to focus sick of shit and stuff. And like all this, everything. He's like, bro, <laughs> like, I liked UFC when like back in 2009 because that shit yeah. was way more of a carny show and like dudes were on steroids, but they were way more like easy characters. Like I they were characters. It. Yeah. Now they're just kind of fucking businessmen that punch people. They're not businessmen. They're just like whatever like faceless peeps that you can have fight. Like, yeah, there's Conor McGregor, but he's like the only like one that's like a character. Everyone yeah. else is kind of bland. And most of the time, I just want to see Conor lose. I'll be honest. Once, once, and once... like when Conor lost last time, I was like so stoked and happy i'll be still waiting for john jones to lose that guy needs to lose fuck that guy fucking hate john jones i the day that rousey left ufc lost a lot of its punch and conor mcgregor just he's stale to me there's no one else really worth watching in ufc like uh, i want to laugh when you're like oh ufc's like the best shit i'm like it's really not well it's the most it's the the biggest platform no here's the thing ufc is like supposedly like for most fighters and stuff too that is like the like top promotion and you being like a fucking champion is that like proves that you are the baddest you're the most badass badass fighter of whatever division that you're hunting for in the UFC. UFC is for sure like the one place that you can claim that you are like possibly the best fighter in the world at that time. That for sure on that platform. Yeah, there's fucking Bellator and stuff too. And Bellator is fun because they always they're always trying to make old dudes fight each other, and that's always fun to watch. I don't know why they're so Bro, obsessed dude, with that. Bro, fucking Rampage was trying to... They had Rampage fight Fedor, like, last year... Like, a couple years ago I'm in like, fucking wh- Japan. And, like, dude, <laughs> Rampage is, like, a fat fucking mess. And then Fedor was able to beat him. And I'm just sitting there, I was like, how the fuck is Fedor still fighting, dog? <laughs> But he's still he's still gonna fight at the moment I am speaking, bro. Dude, Fedor's fucking been fighting for fucking ever. And he was fucking smashing dudes in Pride and shit. Now Pride, that's a fucking fun promotion. Like, yeah, now that's yeah, fucking yeah. sketchy and steroid and fucking scammy bullshit. I'm sorry, I but was... 
Bro, there's some fun fights, dude. Nothing is better than hearing about fucking Sakuraba hunting down these fucking hunting down the Gracies and just trying to whip all their asses and stuff, dude. <laughs> and all Gracies are just being whiny bitches. Like, he didn't take us to the ground, dude. He was like punching us. What is that? Come on, Where he faced Royce Gracie to a 90 minute draw, and Gracie just had to quit from due to exhaustion. Fuck, dude. Oh, that's the one thing I'm just been like just finding videos is how much how, how much the fucking Gracie's. Gracie's are a bunch of bitches. Yeah, dude, just bitchy fucking con men, dude. That's like the funniest thing <laughs> in history. I keep finding fucking videos on. It's like, holy fuck, dude, these are like some of the bitchy's common. No, like back when fucking Helio, like in his younger day, when they were like doing their fucking Valley Tudo freaking super like news press like matches where it's like, oh yeah, we'll take on anyone. And this one guy, this one fucking catch catches catch can wrestler went and took on like one of the Gracies and stuff. And like literally says like, well, we want like I'll take you guys on and these rules that you set, well, we want to change these rules. I don't care, dude. I just want to take you on for just competition make your rules dog he beats the guy and fucking gracies are all pissed so they fucking jumped him like a week later what a bunch of i remember when that happened like bunch of fucking remember you you weren't old you weren't alive when that happened no no i don't i don't mean i remember like seeing it i remember being told it because not as big as wrestling but you know i like mixed martial arts in ufc and i just remember i I just remember hearing i just remember hearing those stories like from like you know from like you from like people on youtube and just reading articles and stuff like i remember when i learned all this but i remember like reading about it like years ago and i'm just like oh my god this i'm like is this a work these guys are fucking pussies these guys are such bitchy say, men i like, usually don't like, say that obviously stuff. they're gonna fucking kick my ass like, yeah yeah they'll kick both one of them could beat both of us at once but like in the grand spectrum of things it's like bro there's a lot of fucking bitchy guys, shit from them it's like why are you guys considered prestige i mean they're probably not anymore but it's like why were you guys at one point considered prestigious in the mixed martial arts world it's well like, dude they were like the first dudes to fucking kick ass at in the beginning like in the earliest stages of like valley like va- like ve- like televised valley tudos to the freaking first ufcs where they were most likely like ran and hosted by the fucking gracies and stuff too yeah because they were like set up for fucking little boy royce to fucking kick ass and go like, oh, dude, this guy, like, the most bass fucker in the world and stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously, yeah, oh. fucking Ken, old dude, old Ken Shamrock, fucking cat, freaking cat, freaking catch, catch can wrestler, bro, from freaking fighting in Pancreas, getting his ass whipped by all those guys and shit, being traded by Maeda, dude. But I just, dude, here's the thing. I like older MMA when the shit was still trying to develop itself. That shit's so much funner to watch Oh, it's read. great. MMA and UFC in general started... UFC started teeping off to me as soon as it hit the year 2011, but MMA, I don't know, it just it just hasn't been cool the last few years for me. Yeah, it's not just cool like, in the like, sense like I'm trendy. Like you'll but. see a lot of peeps going, "Oh, dude, it's like UFC." Like here's the thing: UFC has come more of like a proper, not less of a carny show. But mm-hmm. I liked UFC when it was a carny show because Dana White likes money. Yeah, they just wants to pass wants off to UFC as a proper tra- sport. Do you guys remember when he tried to be fucking Shao Kahn and buy? his own island so he could host fucking tournament fights there away from all the covid shit yeah no fucking dana white guys it's trying to do i was laughing earlier because i looked up a picture of fedor look at that fucking brick of a human being yeah and he's still fucking fighting <laughs> look bro. at that man like, he's fighting and winning bro he beat chael sudden like two years back Listen, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to pick a fight, but I'm like I remember when that happened. I'm like I remember looking at that other dude. I'm like, bro, 
You fucking suck. Like, don't no, get me wrong. Chael Sonnen's legit fighter. No, I know. Like, but... He had the funny, like, fucking, like, commercial promos of him and the Uncle Sam thing. It's like, yeah, I'm going to beat you, Fedor, for in the name of America. And you just get a shot of Fedor just laughing. And, but, like, <laughs> and I was sitting there, I was like, dude, Chael Sonnen's a younger, fucking, legit fighter. Dude, he went fucking rounds and rounds with fucking Anderson Silva and shit, bro. But freaking for some reason. Sorry, I just gotta do something. Fedor still won that fight, and I was like, "Bro, what the fuck?" Yo, speaking of rampage, I I wanted to remember what it looked like, so I looked up pictures of specifically of when he fought Fedor. Bro, look at this. F- I don't even know how to describe it. Look at this man. Look Dude, at that gut. That is not the rampage that I that fucking <laughs> whooped Chuck Liddell's ass, bro. Oh my god, look at that fucking gut. It's so mighty. Yeah, and he tried to fight Fedor and Fedor just beat him. And I'm just like, bro, what the fuck? I'm like, yo, Rampage, he used to be the most this this is what he used to look like. Yeah, he was fucking <laughs> power bombing fools. Oh my god, I was just like And oh, ripping uh, apart door hinges. I was, now, don't get me wrong, okay? Rampage Jackson has made his legacy, and he is literally still one of the best of all time. But that Fedor fight, in my opinion, that almost invalidated everything he did. Just because of... Fedor won pretty easily. Yeah. I think. Fedor is pretty fucking old to be fighting. Yeah, like, f- yeah he's like 40-something, but like, bro, this is fighting. You shouldn't be fighting once you're in your 40s, dude. You might have to slow down, but... This is some carny shit. All right, anything else you want to say, or should we wrap up? No, we should wrap up, but it's just like, fuck, man. I, I miss those old UFC guys. And the thing is, Dana tries to completely move on from them, you know? Well, They're, that's what you kind of have no, to do. No, and that's what you have to do, but I mean, like, I mean, he tries to move on from, like, what they did and what they stood for, you know? It's like, I, it's almost... He needs he needs cool people. He needs a he needs a fucking scary ass Rampage Jackson or a fucking tank as a human like Bator. You know, everyone's just stale. I mean, yeah, I mean Bellator is kind of cool, but I mean, I don't know. But Bellator is just using dudes from the past. <laughs> I, I know, I know they didn't do this, but I'm just speaking as an example. I didn't need to see Liddell Ortiz three. You know what I mean? You mean a Liddell Ortiz four? Four. That's right. And that was not even fucking Bellator. That was fucking Golden Glove boxing. Golden Glove boxing. That was Oscar De La Hoya trying to play MMA promoter. Nice. You, you and your, you and your quote unquote niece Daisy both suck at business decisions. All right. This was the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show. Oscar De La Hoya. Well, he doesn't suck because he's a fucking world champion. No, he's great. I mean, as far as being a businessman, businessman, uh, businessman Oscar De La Hoya and businessman Daisy, you guys kind of (laughs) suck, but you entertain me. All right. Have a good one. Adios. Don't kick my ass, Oscar.